Hello and welcome to Garage Night. I am Randall. I'm Jeff. And we'll get right into it. Talking about the 2020 Porsche 911 Carrera S4. It sounds really nice. Yeah, I know, Jeff, you're a huge fan of the, the flat four and flat six uh, engine notes uh, more more than I am, at least. And uh, you're a big Porsche fan. I like the 914s, but uh, this uh, this 911 is is sounding really good to me. A little bit of that uh, turbo whistle on it is actually kind of nice. Oh, yeah. No, it sounds great. And I love the pop from the exhaust. That sounds awesome. Yeah, the burble on downshift is it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things in automotive uh, worlds at all. Yeah, the, the the new cars especially have that just tuned just right where it has this kind of nice little crisp, you know, little pop uh, off throttle or, or uh, you know, when you're engine braking and it just, it sounds so nice. Uh, I feel like my dad sent me a video of the new Porsche, uh, I don't know if it was driving or if it was just doing some acceleration pulls or something. He gets the whole PCA, you know, uh, you know, he's all, all Porsched out with his, uh, with his 911. So he gets all of the latest news and all that stuff. So, um, he sends me all those links all the time. So I can't remember what I've seen and haven't, but, uh, I love the, I love the sound. of them. They sound great. Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, twin turbo flat six it's a three liter with 443 horsepower that's red lines red lines 7500 and and the engine's in the wrong area on the car and it still handles better than almost any other car out there it's one of the especially what the gt2 gt2 right that's that's like one of the best performing cars on uh on the nurbur uh than anything else right yeah, it's they're they're really good handlers right until they spin around backwards and kill you. They're they're <laughs> one of those one of those cars you have to really go right up to the edge, but if you step out, it'll it'll bite you. I mean, you start putting the weight away from a centralized location, uh two of the most dangerous cars that I can think of off the top of my head are, you know, potentially are the 911s all the weights over the back axle and vipers that big heavy truck v10 over the front and those are two vehicles that have been said a lot to be kind of dangerous when pushed past uh the limit whereas you've got cars like uh you know bmw m3s and uh gtrs and a lot of mid-engine cars that really are more neutral if they start to let go you can save them but when you start throwing the weight over the ends man mm-hmm. snap over steer becomes a real problem yeah you can't you can't always change physics i mean i think i think porsche has done an outstanding job with their um, active stability management software um and just their their whole system that they've uh, developed um on their cars to really mask that rear uh rear end weight you know, that, that rear, uh, weight bias on their cars. Um, I mean, just the, the lap times they're able to put down are just absolutely incredible. Grip is just phenomenal, but you know, in the end you, you're, 
your ideal situation, right, is is 50-50 weight distribution. You know, you're sharing that that lateral load with all four tires equally. Um, you know, your your suspension dynamics are a little more predictable, and it just, it makes things a lot nicer. Yep, centralized centralized weight and low CG is is how you make a good car. I mean, that and simplify and add lightness and and that's exactly how you want to build a race car. Low, wide, stable, light. Mm-hmm. You know, I not to um I'm not trying to like sound great or anything, but my Chevy after I redid that rear suspension, um it added enough weight over the rear end to bring it to really close to 50-50 weight distribution, which is amazing. Um, you know, I unfortunately it required adding weight. Um, and it was kind of an unintended side effect of my new rear suspension setup, but it's really close to 50-50 weight distribution now. We'll see that's a silver lining out of out of that situation. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, it still needs, it could probably use a little more weight over the rear end. It's pretty slip, slippery in the, uh, in the wet, uh, wet conditions as, I, as I've been finding out more before I drive it. Yeah, Por- Porsches. Porsches are are an interesting interesting thing. I'm I'm still partial to the the Cayman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's still my favorite, just because you know it's its price point is is a little bit lower, but it's you know it's where the engine's where it should be, mm-hmm. uh, but it still has a lot of the the Porsche feel, and of course the Boxster is awesome, but I I just prefer the hard top and the way that they're able to slope the, uh, the back end. Um, oh, the new box is really nice looking. Have you seen them? The new one is really nice. Yeah. They are, they are getting a lot, lot better looking. Uh, mm-hmm. if you look back to 2001, it's hard to tell if they're coming or going. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the newer ones are looking super good. I think the new Boxster looks better than the last generation Cayman, which was one of my favorite cars visually. Yeah, I, I still, you know, I'm with you 100%. I love the look and the style of the Cayman, and it's also backed up with a lot better weight distribution. And I think if Porsche spent time developing that car, uh, they would actually have something that outperforms the 911. But, you know, unfortunately, they can't have a have a mid-tier car outperform their flagship. So, uh it's kind of one of those, you know, political decisions that, you know, they're purposely holding the Cayman back, which is unfortunate, I think, because I could get, could be the most impressive car in their lineup and be the most competitive car um, against other automakers. I know it was probably, it was probably a decade ago, but I, re- I remember reading uh, a comparison on one of the major magazines um, where they took a top spec Cayman of the time. It would have been uh mid to late 2000s and compared it against the base 911 and uh and they said that they were very close the 911 was technically the better performer just by a few ticks um but that the Cayman was easier to get to that level and it took a lot better driver to push the 911 beyond the Cayman i think mm-hmm. i think you're right on them having to hold back the Cayman um, instead of uh, giving it the chance to kind of, well, it would steal sales away. Yeah. Um, 
I just uh, recently moved uh, interstate and my new work, I drive uh, past uh, a family of dealerships and on my left is a Porsche dealer uh, followed by a Jaguar Land Rover. On the other side is Volkswagen, BMW, and Mercedes-Benz. So I get to see these cars every day to work and back and all those Porsches lined up on one side. And my favorite thing right now is a 997 in yellow. And it just, I don't know why it, maybe it's a, like a need for speed, um, (laughs) kind of, kind of a, kind of a memory, but it's, it's on a plinth on its own. And I'm like, I like that a lot. Just when I drive by, that's, that's the one that catches my eye. Old hot pursuit yellow. Yes, exactly. I remember those games. Those are so good. Oh, we're we're certainly going to talk about games one of these one of these weeks. I think I, that's an entire episode in itself, maybe two. Um, oh where we boy, just... I have I have retro games just uh, coming out of my closet, um, and when <laughs> they're all set up, there will definitely be uh, videos and such because there's so many good games. Um, uh, just the Need for Speed series on its own, and then Forza, oh, and then dude. Midnight Club. Oh boy! I gotta say, I think it was a little. Oh, Andy's here. I'm gonna go let Andy in. Um... Andy Tamlin has has joined. He uh, he happened to be in town uh, on recording night, uh, so he has stopped by Jeff's house, and he'll be joining us live. Uh, they'll be sharing a mic, so that's that's a fun surprise. <laughs> We weren't sure we were all going to be able to uh, get together tonight. Um, and there he is. Um, yeah, definitely uh, uh, keep an ear to the ground for our uh, video game episode. It might be a special episode. Uh, we'll see. But um, definitely a lot to say about all the different systems and all the different um, iterations of things. Uh, just keep in mind that Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2 for the Xbox and PS2 was best of breed and will continue to be. Nope. Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, you're uh, entitled to your wrong opinion. Under, Underground 2 was the best game uh, for cars. Uh, am I right, Andy? For shizzle. He says for shizzle. <laughs> Ah, see, that's a soundtrack thing. That's a soundtrack thing. Um, Okay, uh, technical issues cleared up. Um, We're going to go into, uh, you know, what we've been driving and and stories. And I'll uh, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, It's it's quite a lot. Um, So I mentioned uh, an interstate move. Uh, Family and I... uh, moved from Portland, Oregon, uh, down to Dallas, Fort Worth. Boo. Um, <laughs> you drove right through Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we even drove through, uh, uh, the Boise area where Andy is and, and simply didn't have time to stop. We were on, on quite the schedule. So, uh, my wife and I opted to ship the majority of our stuff in a pod which uh, turned out pretty well. Um, 
uh, and we decided to leave our kids uh, with their grandparents um, while we drove our two vehicles down uh, with our dogs and a five by eight U-Haul strapped to the back of my Ranger. Um, So we looked at all the different directions we could go and uh, decided that we could outrun the snowstorm. And so we drove through Idaho and Utah, a corner of Colorado and Arizona and uh, New Mexico into uh, Texas. So day one, we wake up first thing, uh, six in the morning and we're all packed. We're ready to go. We just, uh, we just get ready for the day and we, and we roll out, we hit the McDonald's, make sure we're full up on gas and start on I-84 out of Portland. Uh, and so we drive along and, uh, the Ranger towing, uh, you know, 2,500 pound trailer, uh, could safely go about 220 to 230 miles uh, between fuel stops. And I generally went about 215 to 220 uh, just to be safe. Be like just before the light would come on because I, it would really ruin the trip to have to stop and send someone ahead for gas. You'd lose so much time. What was your mileage? Um, surprisingly not so bad it it varied quite a bit because of the elevation and the hills and and stuff but i averaged about 14 14.2 towing a trailer with a four liter ranger uh so i was pretty pleased with that yeah our our other vehicle though was a is the 2011 bmw x5 diesel and i think that would have been the ticket but we didn't have a trailer hitch installed and ready to go on that and my wife is not um well versed in towing a trailer so we went with the safe bet um the ranger did uh swimmingly for the most part um until we hit the higher elevations but we'll get there um so um coming out of pendleton uh Still felt pretty good. And then we hit uh, Cabbage Hill, they call it. And this is the first major mountain pass um, coming out of the gorge into the Idaho area. Um, and as we as we crested the last hill out of Pendleton, we saw white up on the top of the hills. Um, I was thinking, yeah, it'll be fine. Just a little little dusting on the side of the roads. It'll be fine. Uh, smash cut to an hour later. Uh, us and the rest of Interstate 84 were all trapped in one lane as the right lane is taken up by dozens of tractor trailers. Dozens, just for miles, putting on chains. Uh, steep uphills, um, grades just packed snow blizzarding down uh you know trying to keep the wipers uh going um yeah not not ideal um the x5 did great with the uh, all-wheel drive and kind of standard uh bridgestone 
tires that they worked well enough. She got minimal slippage. Uh, the Ranger, on the other hand, uh, refused to engage four wheel drive in the oh. snow towing a trailer. <laughs> so that was wonderful. Uh, yeah, I got shift on the fly. I reach over, I, I turn the knob, uh, four by four light comes on and right back off. And I'm like, nice. oh no. So, you know, it's at that time, it's a, it's a game of momentum. I knew if I lost momentum going up this hill, yeah. I was sunk. Yeah, I wasn't going anywhere for two days. So that, was, that led to the next 45 minutes of me leaning forward over the steering wheel. I can totally picture Please don't stop just begging the cars in front of me. Keep going. I cannot go down to first because if I go to first, I'm, I'm already doing 20 to 30 miles an hour maximum in second gear. In, in second gear, and I knew if I had to go down to first, I was going to lose too much momentum. The tires were already slipping if I gave it uh, more than about 2000 RPM. So I, I knew I'd be in trouble, but I just kept with it and no one stopped and we just kept going 20 miles an hour through the, through the Hills. And then finally get to the top and I let out a sigh and then the downhill. <laughs> and I've got a 2,500 pound trailer pushing on the back of my 4,000 pound truck with nothing in the bed. And I went, Oh, this is not much better, huh? <laughs> a different kind of so, panic. Yeah, it started it's, that. It's, a, it's the inverse. Exciting new panic. Yeah. Um, and talking to my wife later, we handled it very differently. Um, I pulled out my, uh, my headphones and threw them in the passenger seat and just kept telling myself, you can do this. You'll be fine. Keep calm. Just breathe. Drink some water. And the other hand, my wife said, oh, I just had to turn on the music and, and pet the dogs and, and just go right along. And that's how she kept calm. We have very different ways yeah. of dealing with um, <laughs> not wanting to die on the road. Yeah. Randy focuses and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go out and happy pet the dog. That's how I, I'm with Abby. Like, turn the music up and, yep, going to go out. So that was that was really the the worst uh, part of that day, um, not of the trip, but of that day. Uh, and so we made it through, uh, made it to Baker City, filled up, um, and got more windshield wiper fluid because the road spray from oh, it's bad. It's so bad from the dusty, you know, the, the, all all the grit on the ground. We went through. Both of our bottles were empty by the time we hit uh, Baker City. Yeah. So we, we got some stuff. We filled that up. Uh, continued on from, from Baker City. Uh, pretty pretty easy. We made it uh, through Boise. and we But we had to make it to, uh, is it Twin Falls, Idaho? Yeah, I think you stopped in Twin Falls. Yeah, we stopped in Twin Falls. And we, we had to make it there before dark because... We opted to save some money and have an adventure. And uh, a few months back, uh, we bought a CVT, Cascadia Vehicle Tent. It's a rooftop tent that bolts onto the 
the rails, the roof rails of your SUV or car or truck uh, and opens up and it's they're a high quality tent. Um, and they run from, you know, $1,500 to $4,500. Ours was a middle of the road tent. Um, I highly recommend this. If if ground camp tenting is is not comfortable enough, but you don't want to get a full trailer, a CVT is a wonderful middle ground. Uh, and for me, it leaves me the opportunity to have a trailer on the back hauling the motorcycles or whatever mm, else I need. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the whole plan. So I can I can put it either on the the bed of the Ranger. I can get bed rails and put it there or we have it on the roof of the X5. Um, we had no problem in the uh, uh, in the in one of the bigger tents, not the Denali, it's the Shasta. Uh, we had no problem. My wife and I were able to quickly set it up and put us and our 60 pound lab, our 30 pound, 35 pound Beagle and our 10 pound Yorkie all in with us in our sleeping bags. We kept plenty warm in the 16 degree weather in Twin Falls, Idaho in the snow. Yeah. You should should throw up a picture of that rooftop. What was that, Jeff? You should throw a picture up of the rooftop on Instagram. Oh, I thought I did. I'll I'll certainly do that because it was it was really neat. I mean, the first day we weren't sure where we were supposed to park because the whole area had about four inches of snow deep, so it was just all covered, and it and it had gotten dark by then. But uh, we figured it out and we got it all set up and and we slept pretty well. But we did decide that if it was going to get much colder than that. Maybe we should find alternate uh, plans. <laughs> you, I think you hit it pretty good timing because the next day, I think I had about three or so inches of snow at my house. We outran the storm. There was a storm that that hit Oregon just four days, five days after we left. Um, so day two, we we wake up in in Twin Falls, and uh, we head into Utah, which very it's very different in utah they had a lot of signs about um safety related stuff uh it's just a completely different area and watching the octane ratings of each state vary so wildly was right really interesting there were some states that i had to go to uh mid-grade gas because they were 83 octane yeah for regular that i noticed that when i went to colorado yeah colorado's got 83 85 mid grades like 87 89 no way yeah like all at the pump it's it's like in europe they've got uh, like eight eight or nine selections at the pump including like non-ethanol and diesels and e85 like you know like eight options on tap that's exactly what I ran into was, you know, in some states, 87 is, is the standard. I saw 88 as a standard and I saw 83. Yeah. Um, you know. The further east you go, I think the 83 and 85 are more common. Yeah. It was, it was just uh, surprising. I, know, uh, 93, right? there, I think 92 around, I don't know if I've seen 93, probably somewhere around town. I'm sure it does. Yeah. 
I know I can get right around the corner from my house. I can get ethanol free. That's nice. 92, 91 to 92. That's really nice. Just what I'm going to start running in the Mustang. If I can ever get it running to the point where I can <laughs> get that old fuel out of it. Utah was nice, but coming coming to the end of our, our uh, trip in Utah is when we started to find uh, the chink in the armor of the, of uh, of my truck. Um, Which one? <laughs> uh, so just south of Provo, uh, we got onto um, to a, a, a side road that brought us out. You'll excuse me; I'm trying to find exactly where it was. We Provo is that by Park City? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's like the nice area in Utah. Um, so we went down to, uh, inter- for down interstate 15 and then we popped east onto interstate 70. Now, when you go into interstate 70, oh boy, um, you lose all service pretty much, um, cause we were going towards Moab uh, arches and Moab and such. Um, so all of a sudden we had, we might've taken a side road. It's only been a few days and I've forgotten. Uh, so bottom line, we start going through what looks more like Moab territory. You've got more red rock. And that's when I found out that we were now traveling at in excess of 6,000 feet of elevation. Yeah, when you start going that way, it sneaks up on you. I remember that happening on Venus in Wyoming. All of a sudden, we were like seven something. Yeah, the the elevation was fine for the diesel twin turbo X5. She didn't notice a thing. Right. But when you're towing a trailer with a 15-year-old Ranger, it does notice the elevation a bit and by a bit i mean there was a point early on on this road where i had to downshift to fourth to hold 60 miles an hour with a slight downhill you say 15 years old like it's old man <laughs> relatively <laughs> well the ranger is not much different than it was in 1983 hey, Twenty-one now. That's crazy. Yeah, and it drives just fine, right? <laughs> Find the word drive. <clears throat> Carburetor. <laughs> I'm about to. <laughs> so I, I had I had a bit of bit of trouble the rest of that day keeping the Ranger moving in a forward direction uh, above fifty-five. There was beautiful scenery that I didn't get to enjoy because I was trying to think okay i don't have cell service how do i get AAA out here to tow me and then do i have to get one for the truck and one for the trailer uh but of course the truck never lets me down you no matter how much i doubt it and so we were able to continue on through moab uh past arches and we continued on till we got to a little town called cortez colorado 
just on the uh, Colorado side of the Utah border, very southwest corner, uh, just a few miles from Durango. And uh, we got there and we were at the Denny's and we decided we should rent a hotel because according to the weather, it's going to be seven. Mm. Not 17, but seven. And it ended up getting down to four mm. um, where we were. So we, we did a hotel that night, which was nice. Got a shower and, and such. Um, and the next day was was a lot easier. Uh, I, I highly recommend traveling the country because you can see so many different environments in such a short period of time because we had gone from the Pacific Northwest to uh, Western Oregon, which is more of a high desert. And to be honest, once we hit Pendleton, all the way down to central um, Utah still looked about the same. Uh, and then when we started going out towards the Moab in the South uh, East, it, it started looking more red rock, more like um, uh, Arizona. But then when we hit uh, New Mexico, it was certainly the, the high desert, the New Mexico that you would expect to see. Uh, and that just flattened out even more as we uh, turned past Albuquerque and uh, to our last night in Amarillo, Texas. Um, so we stayed in our tent in Amarillo and that was plenty comfortable. Once, once you get, um, out of Albuquerque, we saw snow every day until Albuquerque all the way through, through everywhere else. Um, and then the last day was real easy from Amarillo, uh, into, uh, Fort Worth and I mean, that was, that was the easy day, but the rest of it was just, it was quite the adventure for me, um, in the truck, just keeping entertained for, you know, nine hours of driving, uh, and trying to balance speed with economy and trying to enjoy ourselves a little bit while still trying to get the, the trip done as quickly as possible. Yeah. It's kind of a, a good balance. And you kind of had a little bit of leisure time along the which is nice. You're not just in a, a hot rush to get over there. Yeah, I wish we could have stopped more places. I wish we could have uh, stopped in Boise and, and uh, uh, stayed with you guys for a couple hours. I wish we could have stayed kind of the Provo area looked looked interesting. A lot of stuff out around the, the Salt Lake City area. Uh, we had initially planned to go from Salt Lake over to Denver but uh that pass looked to be getting snowy yeah that one gets closed quite often in the winter i know that i know 80 does yeah it was it was okay but it was looking like it might not be okay two hours later yeah that's when i would so i definitely wouldn't chance with impending snowstorms for sure because that one does get up to like seven thousand four or five hundred feet in the middle of my yeah, and Knowing, knowing now uh, what I do, it would not have been wise to take the Ranger in those conditions because I wouldn't have the power uh, and apparently not the four-wheel drive, although it works well now. It just didn't on the trip. No, of course. What's, um, uh, no, of course. 
not engage. Oh, I think we know what it is. Ford. Um, on the fly. I mean, Ford on the fly. Come on. It's kids. That's right. Do I have to say it? It's a grounding issue. <laughs> yep. Got, got it in one, I'm, I'm sure. Um, part of me wondered if it had something to do with there's a trailer plugged in so it wouldn't do it above a certain speed or while you're moving. Hmm. I don't know, but it seems to work fine now. More than yeah. New cars. Wouldn't have that with a carburetor. <laughs> I would have just had to stop every every uh, 50 miles and change the jets. Yeah, exactly. Get out the I don't know what again. you're talking about, man. All my carbureted vehicles run great. They run they run great at 7,000 feet? Yes. <laughs> and, and I can't even argue with them because my fuel injection car doesn't even run. <laughs> Last time I went to go start the Mustang, it didn't start either. So, <laughs> and that's anyway. So that's that's kind of the long and short of uh, of the trip. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, it's not not much more to say than that. How are you getting the uh, the M five slash five forty i over? Um. Yeah, at, at this point, uh, I've had a couple of poor souls uh, think that they may want to drive it down. It, it might make it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Would I drive it? Yeah. Would I want anyone else to drive it? Uh, probably not. Uh, I mean, I pick up a car for twelve hundred dollars. I, I don't. I just don't think it's. I, it's too close to an hill. It does get burnouts. It does do burnouts. I, I hope it doesn't burn out on the side of the road. <laughs> no, I said burn uh, out, not burn down. Well, yes and yes. <laughs> uh, that would be a bad grounding issue. So yeah. at this point, um, I might have it shipped down because we have a couple other small items that we want to bring down that we didn't have room for. So. Might just end up shipping it down. Did you uh, bring your dirt bike down? Oh, priorities, my man. (laughs) I got both. I got two down here. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. But I still got to get the third one down. So, yeah. So, I I don't know how it's going to get down here, but I am very much looking forward to um, stretching its legs out, out here because... Back in Portland, a lot of the lot of the roads are limited to fifty five. You have to get quite a ways out before they give you sixty or higher speed limits. Out here, seventy five is not unusual, and the car next to you is usually doing eighty five. To be quite honest, my Falcon would never survive. Yeah, you just have to stay off of the interstates. Yeah, I'd be on the shoulder with the and the highways. Flashers that don't exist on. Thank you for listening to the Garage Night Podcast. A special thanks for Jeff Tracy and Annie Tamlin for joining the show this week. And to Kara Square 
for allowing us to use their song Blue Skies Blues under the Creative Commons license for the intro and outro of the show. Until next week, keep turning wrenches.